Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Stacy. Hi, everybody. Kylin, how Good are you? Good morning. Good morning. Wow. Oh, my gosh. This is a first day show. <laughs> well, it used to Starting be. Starting off your week <laughs> to a great start. Don't get me started about traffic. Uh, this is the WIBC day show, day show of the WIBC first day show. <laughs> well, it's live. And, uh, we're glad it is yeah. live. We're glad yeah. you're here with us this morning. We're brought to you by our friends Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. I've got that other website address in a minute. Then you may have it. Something about homes. Um, I'll find it. Not right now. Not right now. We'll give it to you. But that's that's a good place. And you can also it's find Hoosier them on Hoosier Home Values 2023. Thank you. That's- Hoosier Home Values 20. And that's a really neat website because they really will give you your the price of what you think the property should that's be. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so do check them out. They're, we love them. And they're going to be here at 1130 today to talk about, is that the time, Kylan? 1130? Yep, 1130. For the latest in real estate news. Good. Thank you. All right. We'll check in with them. It is April 30th, just like that, tomorrow May Day. Today's my brother's ah, birthday. Happy birthday Happy to birthday, Tommy. Happy belated birthday to my brother-in-law, Barry. Stacy. You. You. <laughs> That's David's brother. That's David's brother. Older or younger? Yesterday, um, it, he's an older brother. Yeah, just a couple years older though, and they're close, very, very close. David's close with all his brothers. Um, anyway, happy birthday if you're celebrating today. But it, yeah, just like that, it is May in Indy tomorrow. Indy car race today, the Grand Prix of Alabama at Barber Motorsports Park, three o'clock race, and then they come to Indy with practice and qualifying for the Grand Prix or Grand Prix, however you'd like to say it, on Friday, May 12th. Yes, it's that close. Wow. They'll be here. I want to tell you that show on the CW that aired, premiered this past week on Thursday uh, called 100 Days to Indy, it is fantastic. You're a race fan. That's coming. That's you're a lot love coming it. Even you. if you don't, if you're not a race fan, but you're getting geared up for Indy 500, this is this is for you. I mean, we, they go behind the scenes. You get to learn a little bit about the drivers' personal lives with their kids and what family means to them, and and you see how close some of them are and how competitive. It, you're just gonna love this. And it premiered Wednesday. There's six parts. So again, or was it Thursday? Oh well. Thursday. It was Thursday. So it'll be on again next Thursday for the second part. You're going to love it. Um, Mega Yard Sale at Indianapolis Animal Care Services on the South on South Harding is open for business right now. I bring that up. Our friend KJ talked to us last week. Benefits Indy Neighborhood Cats, and it goes until 4 o'clock, and it is a fantastic yard sale. Inside Indianapolis uh, Animal Care Services. Open right now until 4 o'clock. Um, speaking of rabbits... <laughs> <laughs> what a pitch. Well, I wanted to mention this is Bugs Bunny Day. 
Bugs Bunny made his debut in a cartoon called Porky's Hair Hunt. <laughs> oh, gosh. Break a brack of firecrackers, this boom Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> I, to this day, love him. I do, and that's why I brought it up. I think he's 83 today. Oh, but, wow. uh, you know, and who did his voice? Who was his voice? Mel Blanc. Who did who else? Who else? Uh, Daffy Duck. Everybody. It, Are uh, you serious? Yosemite, yeah. Sam. He, he did, did all of them. All. He was really something. Really good. Talented. Tweety Pie. He was Tweety Pie. The best, the best sign I ever saw on Bugs Bunny, he was holding up a sign that says, Zero days since sargasm. Sarcasm. Because <laughs> he was always so fun. I mean, he, he was, was so just, sarcastic. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Funny Zero days. And, you know, just, I, I really love Bugs Bunny. So I wanted to bring it up. Happy birthday, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> he started in over 160 theatrical animated short films. Wow. So he, he, big big time star, and I hope his footprint is on Can you do the, the walk music? in Hollywood. Dun, 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 oh, that's dun, pretty dun, dun, good. Dun. Yeah. Mr. Potato Head's having a birthday today, too. <laughs> Golly, Terry. <laughs> Susan Gregory, Kevin Gregory's wife, is having a birthday today. She's going to feel crowded out. Mr. Potato Head? Well, especially Head? by Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> It was the first toy advertised on television, I should say, on this date in 1952. Now, if you have a rare Mr. Potato, uh, Mr. Potato Head, and there, there are some red, the really rare ones that collectors go for. The one they want are the Snap-on Tools version. Really? So if you have a Mr. Potato Head with the Snap-on Kyla's face. The Snap-on Tool? Mr. Potato Head. Don't they just have like eyes and ears that you plug into him? The fun part when you were a kid was to put the lips and the eyes on somebody's butt, on, on the potato butt. You know, that that was what? cool as a kid. I mean, because your parents weren't watching. Denny, that really explains a lot about you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I know there's a lot of important news out there. I really do. I really, really do. But on Sunday mornings, I like to talk Enough. about some of this That's stuff exactly just to give right. you kind of a nice change of pace we for a minute a before break, you. Terry. Because tomorrow you'll hit the road and you'll be. You know your your week starts, and uh, you're gonna get that news and that information, and you're gonna get fiery. And so today, uh, this is why I bring it up because a, a lot of people are probably at home thinking, "This is what you're talking about, <laughs> Mr. Potato." Really? Do you and want us to talk about all the other stuff? No. <laughs> we could. Yeah, and we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about inflation today and <laughs> where is. it comes from. I, it'll scare the snot out of you're you. You're gonna get like. some real news from Denny Smith. But back to Mr. Potato Head. If you have one of those snap-on I'm playing second fiddle to Mr. Potato Head. If you oh, have a, one of those snap-on tools, Mr. Potato Head, somebody will give you 100 bucks for that. Okay? Just wanted you to know. Even out of the box, it's worth 50 So you hold it for 40 years. Yeah. And it goes from $4 that you paid for it up to $100. That's it. Kylan, uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about before we do talk, take a break? Nothing in particular. I think it's just, you guys oh, are... Got Bugs Bunny. Well, yeah, Mr. I think you've Potato covered Head. all of the important topics. <laughs> all right. I will <laughs> say National Pet Parent Day, too, so... Oh, that's important. I are you a pet love parent? all of you. Are no. you a pet parent? Well, my family has pets, not me yeah. individually. But I know how important pets are, and bunnies, of course, yeah. to Terry. Oh, absolutely. All the animals are important to me. Denny and I are dog lovers. We're cat lovers. I've got strays. Uh, we We are definitely pet lovers in this room, so... To our fellow pet lovers, is that what the day is called? Pet Parent Day. Pet, pet Parent pet Day. Pet lover. I mean, pet they're parent all the day. Same. Uh, We're crazy about you, and Denny's going to send each of you ten dollars in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, Terry. I am a pet parent. Terry. I would like to Terry. put that on the record. Yeah. Uh, let's not do that today. Uh, <laughs> and if you've got a monkey, you're a lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> there was a hairdresser in Speedway. 
that had a monkey in the in the shop forever, <gasps> and it was because of her that you're no longer allowed to bring dogs or pets or anybody. Oh, I'll have to get her because... name for you. But it was in Speedway where I grew up, and she had a monkey in in the shop forever. That was her little baby. And I bet she gained customers because she had a monkey. She might have lost a couple, too. It was an ornery monkey. But they all are. But if you know there's a monkey in the shop, you don't have to go to that shop. Uh, Here comes Kevin's angry side. I'll get her name for you, but she's going on home to (laughs) God. But she had the monkey in there forever. In Speedway. In Speedway. Those were the days. <laughs> uh, it's 1014 coming up, guys. This is important. Tina McIntosh, the founder of Joyce House Adult Day Service. She's published a book for young and old alike. I love it, and it's coming up next. You'll hear my conversation with Tina Bina after the break on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 1019. It's the first day show. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Sunday morning. Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. I love this song. I heard it coming in this morning. It's called That Sunday Feeling. It's good. Apollo LTD, Sunday Morning Feeling. It's a really good one just to get you up and going. Just like listening here yeah. with us. Right. Spending Talking your Sunday morning here. With it's Mr. Potato Head. Of course. Uh, we are glad you're here with us this morning. I had a chance to talk to my friend Tina McIntosh. Now, Tina is the founder of Joyce House, Ad- Joyce House Adult Day Service, and she was recently honored, in fact, last month, as one of USA Today's Women of the Year. I've known her for a long, long time, and she also recently published her first book. It's titled Embrace the Imbalance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Things you need to know from people I wish you knew. And it's received just the best reviews. She advised me on so many occasions through the years to embrace the imbalance. And as we had that conversation last week, I asked her how long that that's really been her mantra. So no one's asked me that question. And I don't know. I mean, it's happened sometime in my adult years. I'm 51. So that same week, everything went down. I had my birthday, too. And so I'm, I'm 51. I would say in the last 10 or 15 years, and I think it was in the chaos of of life, you know, with my illnesses. I mean, Terry, you were such a great friend through all of my illnesses and my husband's cancers and all of the things. And so you know that oh, there's just that curvy, <laughs> wavy river of a ride that we, you know, we're taking. And my kids were little too, and Joy's house was thriving. And, you know, it, it, it was a lot, but I just finally for me settled into um, I'm not going to be great at everything all of the time and I I just want to be where I am and show up to the best of my ability and hopefully be wonderful and then when I'm done with that moment I move on to something else I mean it's like being here with you right now like I want to be here with you during this time and when we are done talking I will move on and hopefully be great at the next thing. I've always said, as long as I've known Tina, that she is wise beyond her years. And you opened Joy's house when you were, like, in your 20s? I was 27. And I look back at pictures, and I think, first of all, I cannot believe how young I was. And, you know, we're not talking about uh, a business where we make widgets and we put them in a cardboard box and we put it on a conveyor and it goes to a corner. You know, we're talking about humans 
with lives that have they have been there for dozens of years before they got to Joy's House Doors and living the rest of their lives until their last day on this earth is what we hope we get to spend with them. And so I was young and young looking and young experience and I was tiny and cute. Like, why didn't anybody tell me I was cute? I didn't know. Like, but also, Carrie, I... I found an old VHS tape recently and I watched it and I turned to my husband and said, was my voice, my voice that gentle? Because now I, I sound like I smoked like a carton of cigarettes before I talked with somebody in the morning. And I was literally like, Terry, thank you so much for having me. And it's just great to be here. Like I was so young and innocent and soft. Uh, what have you learned about life from your guests at Joy's house, adult day service? The first thing that popped into my mind is that if we would all, each of us, just slow down and see each other as another human, uh, you know, that has challenges and beauties. And I think that if we just slow down and we'd look at each other, we would realize that we, no matter who we are, have more in common as humans than we have things that separate us. And at the end of the day, all any of us want is is love and purpose. And the minute we stop having purpose in life, I see people um, wilt and eagerly wait for their last day on this earth. Tina McIntosh is with us, the founder of Joy's House Adult Day Service. Her book, Embrace the Imbalance. You've been working on this book for a couple of years, haven't you? Oh, my, it's been longer than I care to admit because it was before the pandemic. But there was a book that I had. I had the trademark actually for it and was working on a book called Today is the Day. So I had that trademark and loved the name. And then the longer I put off writing the book, I was like, I can't possibly put out a book called Today is the Day when I'm not doing that and embracing balance with realty. It fits a lot a lot better. But yeah, I think you and I talked about, like, I sat on the side of a Speedway gas station with a guy named Roger who was panhandling and talked with him about his life. I was really trying to draw, you know, stories and just see people differently and spend time. And so that was probably five or six years ago. I actually was driving one day and saw Roger out panhandling and stopped and said, Roger, I'm Tina. Do you remember me? He's like, yeah, we had a soda together. I'm like, yes. We did. I said I haven't seen you in a long time. And so, you know, light turned green and I, I hope to see him again one day. But so the book for me is really I have I've always loved writing and storytelling. And I sat down during the pandemic with my oldest daughter, who is now a junior in college, and said, do you think that your friends and you could stand to learn just some basic lessons? And I put them out on big pieces of paper, and she helped me go through the ones that were definite yeses and definite noes. And I had stories that went together with each of them, and I held focus groups with some teens. I really thought this book would be for teenagers, and Terry, I'm finding it's just as much for women that are our age, who are more seasoned in life, as it is for, for teens. The responses I'm getting from it are really overwhelmingly beautiful. They're short stories with, you know, life lessons that go with each of them. And I'm just really pleased. I appreciate you sharing this with other people. Oh, I think it's great. Embrace the Imbalance, Things You Need to Know from People I Wish You Knew is the name of the book. Have you figured out your purpose in life just yet? I don't know that I know yet. I mean, but I think the first half of our lives, we're so busy 
we're so busy trying to build our lives, you know, the things that I want to do and the person that I want to be, and we're trying to figure it all out, and we're jumping over hurdles and through hoops, right, to get to this place in life where we figured it out, and we get there, and we sit in the minute, we sit for a minute in that in that place of, like, I think I have it figured out, and then now we're in the second half of life, and now I do think it's, it is a different kind of a purpose, and it's about leaving legacy and what difference I'm making in this world, how I treat other people, my relationships, you know, so it does change. I mean, I guess for me, you forced me into a corner and said, what is your purpose in life? It's about serving God and loving others. And so when I say that, I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm a Christian and I love and accept people of all faiths. I will say as a Christian, that's what God has told me is the most important thing, right? Love God and love others. So Tina McIntosh and I had a show for caregivers on WIBC called uh, Caregiver Crossing, which is still a podcast. We've still been doing it since the show left WIBC Airwaves years ago, but it's coming back. Can we tell them? Listen, we're co-hosts in this thing, so if you say we can tell people, yes, we can (laughs) tell people. So when we created Caregiver Crossing, and there's a whole backstory to it, but when I say we, I really mean you, you know, WIBC and Joy's house and me. I mean, when we did this and Candace had a baza, then a huge part of that journey as well. We created it for people who are caregivers or those who one day will be, because statistically, all of us are either a prior caregiver for a loved one, a current caregiver, or we will be. And I, I don't know about you, Terry, I've been amazed over the years how many people tell me that they listened to us as a radio show and even as a podcast. And now that we're coming back as radio, I think it'll be the same. And they weren't caregivers yet, but they were preparing. And that is a huge change in the world that we now know what caregiving is. And we created this radio show as an on-air community for caregivers to learn and share and, and really know that they're not alone in that beautiful and challenging caregiver experience. Caregiver Crossing coming back to WIBC next Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., First day moves to 11 o'clock, 11 to 1, and I hope you'll be a part of our caregiver community. The book, again, Embrace the Imbalance by Tina McIntosh, a beautiful cover. You're an artist. Did you do this cover? My daughter did it. My my oldest did it. So I'm I'm very proud to have been able to include her in in a lot of it. So I do tell some secrets in the book, too. But, you know, we'll leave that at that. That's my friend Tina McIntosh again. We move here on first day 11 to 1 beginning next week. And the Caregiver Show comes back with Tina McIntosh, Candace Hattabaugh, and myself 10 to 11 right here on Sundays on 93 WIBC. Can- I almost called you Candace. Uh, Candace? <laughs> Terry. Well, I was glad Kylan. she's calling you Candace instead Candace of me. Candace is the producer of a Caregiver Show. Uh, do you want to do a little trending well, before sure. we go? I would love to. So we head into the newsroom. Do it. Some trending locally, you can go and see the debut documentary that David Letterman is bringing to Ball State University to kind of introduce it to the world. That's happening tomorrow, May 1st. Yeah, May Day. May Day. 7 p.m. in Muncie. It's just a 25-minute production. Shares the story of 
of Letterman's interest in the glass art program at Ball State, and it's a pretty interesting story. So I think it's worth going to if you are open and it is free and open to the public with no tickets required. So just show up and have some fun. Some other trending news. While we will be talking a little bit more Indianapolis in the coming segments, some top trending stories. Kings Island is now implementing a chaperone policy oh. due to unruly and inappropriate behavior. Okay. Guests age 15 and younger must be accompanied by someone 21 or older now. And leading into summer, that's a big deal for some families, especially those. I know yeah. I have friend, some friends in Ohio who would just go to Kings Island instead of going to babysitters or whatever. <laughs> and so that's wow. definitely going to be a change. They're not going to do it anymore. They're not going to babysit your kids. Uh, that's at Kings Island starting now. Yeah. And that's honestly a good kind of lesson for all. I know some restaurants started implementing yeah. that, like Chick-fil-A. And so keep control. <laughs> That's Come Kylan. on, kids. That's please. young Kylan t- giving you that Don't information. give my generation this. Uh, <laughs> huh? you, it's very sad. Are you crying over there? It, it's okay. Our, our generations were ornery, too. We just didn't get caught. <laughs> well, apparently you guys are on top of us about it, though. All right, you guys. Uh, let's take a quick break. This is the First Day Show. We're so glad you're here. I'm going to get a drink of water. I think uh, I've got the allergies that are kicking in. I'm going to grab a drink of water. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the First Day Show. Thank you all so much for being here. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. How do you feel about four right now? Good. I think we'll get the best player in the draft, to be quite honest with you. Man, that joker, he an alien. <laughs> Come on, man. The ability that's in his body. What a moment for young Anthony Richardson. I do think it's untapped. What a play by Richardson. A ball fake to keep it alive. Are you kidding me? Something he can do. Very few people on earth can do. He uses that 230-pound frame. You can see the will to win. I see a generational talent, something that may not come along, but every 50 years. He'll load it up and cut it loose with that big arm. That's crazy. He ran faster than any quarterback ever. He jumped higher than any quarterback. Richardson still on his feet. This kid is so super talented. Here goes Richardson. To the he just fly to the games with a cape on. Superman and going for it all to the end. This guy has stuff at the floor level that people's ceilings will never reach. Are you all in on Anthony Richardson? Great stuff today. Enjoy watching. To say that he would be in a Colts uniform, I'd be ultra excited. Watching the tape, I'm tape recording some of this stuff and sending it to Chris. Like, this is the number one pick in the draft. Wow. Anthony wow. Richardson. Wow. Okay, well, I, that, I got jacked up about that. Do you know what his new that. number is? Do you know his number? It's five. Five. Which is... I thought they were going to give him Harbaugh. His old number was four, which was Harbaugh's number, but they have traditions now. But he's number five. He's five, but this is what he was. What, this is the number he had when he was a kid. Oh, oh how that's cool. Wholesome. It's I think he's 15 right when he played for in Florida, but now when he was a, a kid, I think he said his number was five. His so he was happy to have him. so low. Wait till you hear Julius Brent, who is the other... <laughs> He was the second round choice. He's is the that guy the one from you call Warren. Juju? Right. Warren. He, they call him Juju. Juju, yeah. Juju Brents, which is everybody's just going to love that name, I betcha. But that's the Warren Central High School graduate who went to Kansas State University where he played cornerback. He's going to be, he was our second pick, and his voice is really deep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this Anthony Richardson is 20 years old. Oh, he could stay I a could long not time. Imagine that. 
I know it. Just so people r- are saying, you know, but I don't know. You're hearing 50-50 on if there are people excited about it or not. But just listening to that, mm-hmm. what you played, Kylan, that gets you excited for this new quarterback, Here's this the young quarterback. comments from Chris Ballard, Peyton Manning, all the different scout teams about yeah about this pick it makes me more excited for the Colts season coming up I was already excited don't get don't get worried but even now I just thought he seemed so nice you know some some guys are jocks and they they act like jocks but this he just seemed like a nice guy yeah he does and he seems here's the thing he genuinely seems happy to be here I think so because he said when he came in you know to the offices and he said he just felt like he was at home we need that I think we need to Anyway, we needed something, right? We needed well, this, something. this city sure knows how to embrace somebody like that. I think so. Yeah. I hope so. But uh, again, yeah. Uh, and then the second one that I got excited about was having an uh, Indiana native back home that gets to, to play for the Mom, Colts. Mom, I'm hope, coming you know, home. I, hope, yeah, I, I hope. can hear that. There's still a process. There's still a process. Mm-hmm. It's still a big Kylan competition all for all of the positions. But having a select <laughs> pick in the draft, yeah. That's yeah. a great step for all of them. And we were talking about embracing uh, just as a community. I think we did pretty good hosting the FDIC. There were a lot of firefighters having such a great time great seeing time. them zoom by on their scooters. They were having so much fun. They were. We had a lot of them. They spent a lot of money here in downtown Indianapolis, and they've had a great time. They've been coming back for decades. So uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, glad you're going to be going home. I bet you today is your day. But thank you for your money and for also for your service. Thank you for your money. That didn't sound <laughs> that very good. That sounded kind of tacky there, there, madam. Thank you for you know oh, staying boy. here in Indianapolis and spending your money that helps our downtown yeah. to thrive. Mm-hmm. So we're glad to so host you it again for that. next year. And, yeah, Rita and Reith, all that you do too. Rita Wright and her team is host uh, for that that group. They're they're coming back. They they signed a nine year extension. Terry. Did they? A nine year extension. Well, they're welcome here. They're nice guys. They're great and to gals. have. Absolutely, guys and gals. Uh, all right, it is uh, ten forty one and uh, it's chilly. Forty eight degrees, not awful. Forty eight degrees in downtown Indianapolis, and we've got some blue skies and white puffy clouds so not so bad there's plenty to do out there today did you all see election day tuesday right oh yeah may 2nd uh abdul did you see abdul had gone into the hospital i heard it was mm-hmm. pneumonia but he'd had a like what he thought was a heart condition he his blood pressure went way up yeah. and found out that he had pneumonia bless I, his he heart went, he was in icu but we i thought i saw him here this week for me i thought that i i didn't pay much attention i don't follow facebook and i think that's where he was posting so i it was days after he'd gone in before i realized he had gone into the hospital he posted that on the cheat sheet on friday or Did thursday he? or friday yeah and he said in full disclosure he said I'm not hiding anything. He says, I got sick. He got sick. I bet he was a good patient, though. I oh, bet he bet was a good a patient. Yeah, He's a charmer. Uh, but everybody took good care of him, I'm sure. And, and he's out and about now and ready for Tuesday when we all head to our polling places and place our votes. And I thought it was interesting. Kylan, do I have talk, time to talk a little bit about the way that people vote in other parts of the country? <gasps> that around, sounds uh, the interesting. Around yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, the voting process is structured in different countries and is influenced by all sorts of things, as you can imagine. We vote here on Tuesdays in the United States because when we started voting, this was a farm land, right? So mm-hmm. farmers had to come from far and wide, and Tuesday was the best day for the farmers. <laughs> so is that great? We, we started voting, making Election Day on, on Tuesdays, and that was a long time ago. India... India holds the largest elections on the planet. They have over 900 million voters. Wow. 
And that, as you can imagine, is a challenge, not only because of that huge number of ballots involved, but India counts 22 official languages. And then they are also such a diverse territory that they're in service. They serve areas that are like in the Himalayan peaks, uh, tropical islands, forests. So it's quite a process. Logistically, how that that would be so difficult. Yeah. And India makes voting in India. Voting lasts for weeks. It's not just one day. It lasts for weeks. In 2019, it took 39 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Over 10 million government employees traveled for days on roads, boats, and elephants. (laughs) On elephants? I didn't see that coming. To install 1 million polling stations. Wow. Do you remember Iraq when Iraq voted and they had to stick their finger in the purple dye? Oh, I do remember. And they waited in long lines, which were dangerous. The first time they ever got a chance to do that. But they wanted to, right? We ought to have have purple fingers. Well, I just think the the passion to get out there and vote is amazing in some parts of our world. In Australia, if you skip an election, you're fined. You actually have to pay a fine. Wow. And you, if you miss the ballots, you receive an email or a text message from the government that wants an explanation. And then the fine goes up if you fail to pay or if it's the, not the first wow. time that you've received a non-voter notice. 89% voted in the 2022 election. So they get a lot of turnout because they want to pay fines. That's the difference between a right and an obligation. You know, there's two different things. That's an, oh. you, it's like paying your taxes in Australia. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's an obligation. It's an obligation, not yeah. a right. Argentina does the same thing. In Brazil, proof of voting compliance is required to obtain your passport. Oh, my goodness. Or even be admitted to a public university. So you've got to do that. Uh, Astronauts. The first astronaut to vote from space was Indiana's own. Gus Grissom? Oh, no. But that was a good guess. Okay. David Wolf. David Wolf. David Wolf. Well, he, he was, was the up first there. For the, he set the record there. Now it's been broken since, but he he set the record. 1997. That in itself, voting from space is very uh, a very interesting way to do it, and it's very secure. Papua New Guinea. This is my last one, Kylan. It's the most fragmented society in the world. It counts over 800 languages in the most remote lands of the country, and clans spend much of their time and energy on deciding which candidate they'll put forward toward it, to the election, and then the candidates don't hesitate to buy votes with money, pigs, or alcohol. (laughs) Okay, so what's different with America? (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. While voting registrations frequently include ghost names and names of infants, animals, and plants. So what's the difference between us and and Papua New Guinea? (laughs) All right, all right. I see what you did there. Get out there and place your votes. Tuesday. Uh, On Tuesday. It's really important. You know that. You know how important it is. And we'll have full coverage for you, I'm sure, starting all day long and all night long right here on 93 WIBC. We'll take a break. It's 1046. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. you got a friend in me. In Kyle and Tally. You've got a friend in Terry. Hey, this is my favorite song over here. I'm sitting right here. Oh, right. You've got a friend in Denny, too. Ladies? Just remember Denny. All right, so You've let's got a get to it. In- I, got a, I got an inquiry this week. Wait, we have to introduce oh. you. Oh, okay. 
it's Hello. time for Investing Sense. <laughs> Denny Smith. Oh, I love this place. Hit it, Denny. I got an interesting inquiry from uh, one of our listeners this week. And uh, he made me understand that a lot of folks, citizens and, and people, are experiencing inflation, but they don't understand it. So I went back and uh, tried to put together some ideas. The traditional explanation of inflation is that we have too many dollars chasing too few goods. But really, inflation is just an increase in the money supply. Somebody's printing more of it. In in Roman times, they used to clip their silver and gold coins off the end. That's where we said, have you been clipped? They is would, that where it comes that's from? That's where it comes from. They would clip the coin and then melt up more coins from all these little clippings. And uh, so that's why a lot of the coins we have, like our quarter and our dimes, have reeds. They have little edges on them. Yeah. That's to, well, well back when we had silver coins, that's so the government couldn't clip them and steal and make more inflation for us. That's interesting. Now we use clad coins. You know, in 1965, we used to have silver dimes and silver quarters and silver half dollars. But then they cheapened it up, the government, of course, cheapened it up by just taking base metal like a copper and cladding silver on the outside. And then they took the silver off altogether. So now we just have cheap coins. So the question is, where, what is going on here? In theory, governments collect revenue and then they spend what they get in, in taxes for, or they get it from user fees or tariffs or whatever. But if it happens to be not enough, they've made all these promises to voters. So what do they do? They create more money, and there's different ways to create money. In the United States, the way they do it is the Treasury loans money, or, 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 or you know, not loans, but they offer bonds of which, in, in reality, somebody's supposed to buy them, and then um, they pay interest on that. Well, what's happened over the last few years is the corruption of the process is, is that the Treasury puts the bonds up for sale, the banks are buying them. The banks get a, a buyer's fee, you know, like maybe a half a percent or a percent. Well, and these are billions of dollars. And then what do they do? They turn right around and they sell them back to the to the Federal Reserve. So that's really monetizing the debt. And that's where our inflation is coming from. Well, now these jackasses have figured oh, out boy. that I get mad about this because okay. that's inflation. It, yeah. The government, the politicians promise too much. They borrow too much. And now what's happening is the rest of the governments, like China, used to buy our bonds because they were the safest in the world. Not anymore. Everybody's disgorging all of these bonds. And the only buyer of that I can see out there, even of the 20- and 30-year bonds, is the Federal Reserve. So the central bank is buying all these bonds, and they're monetizing it and making more Federal Reserve notes. See, those little paper things we carry mm-hmm. in our pocket, those are not dollars anymore. They're Federal Reserve notes. They're called ferns. So, Alan, did you know that? <laughs> I did not know. All right, so, so we're not really carrying dollars thing, that's, around. We're carrying ferns around. Ferns around, yeah. But see, that's where inflation comes from. These idiots in Washington and these idiots in the Federal Reserve, they're just printing more money. Yeah. And the Federal Reserve is the one that's really making out because, I, near as I can tell, for every dollar that's loaned out in this process, the Federal Reserve makes about 2%. And the 2% is going to families. It's not our families. It's going to these very um, connected people who own the Federal Reserve. It's a private institution. It's not federal, it, it's and it's not a reserve. Again, it's a private institution. That All that money goes to somebody who has been connected for t- over 100 years. All right, so the system's rotten. Now, here's where it gets really squirrely. They want us to go to a digital currency. Which means what? That means that they all of a sudden they can say, all right, we need another $100 billion. They just type it into their accounting machines, and all of a sudden the banks have more money that, who are paying them interest in finder's fees. 
But the system is so corrupt and rotten wow. that it went from clipping silver coins from yeah. the Robin days to just printing dollars and selling them back to the Federal Reserve. And now they don't even have to do that. And these crap heads, they figured out a way to digitize our currency. This has been going currency. on a long time, right? That, that stuff's going That's on. Been but going now they time, want to go now. to a digital currency. And I'm telling all of the Americans that I can get to, pucker up, buttercup, because something's <laughs> going to blow up here. Uh, you and cannot create. Something's going to blow up. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like what, Matt so what, is, what, what will that mean? The currency will be devalued to a point. Um, I, I gave you the new website, usdebtclock.org. $31 trillion is what we owe. The, that, for a taxpayer, that is about a quarter of a million dollars per taxpayer. Now, we've got 331 million people in the United States. Only 127 million are paying taxes. So the other 200 million are getting off scot-free. But... Be very, very careful when people talk about a digital currency. They, the you know, the Federal Reserve's digital digital currency. CBDC is central bank digital currency. Run away, little rabbit! Somebody's got bared fangs and is ready to eat you. And when it comes to a digital currency, oh my goodness! So be cautious. Inflation is government promises you, that come back to hit us. I think that's good. That was an important message. Denny gives that one important message every Run first away! Day. Run away. Ugh. I think that's important. Remember, next week, we will begin the show from 11 to 1. Okay? I just wanted to bring that up because, Denny, we'll still keep you in this spot. We'll keep you at 11.45. Okay, dear yeah. one. All right. Denny's investing since at 11.45 next Sunday when we change our time. Thank you all so much for joining us. This is the First Day Show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, crossroadscollectivehomes.com. We've got another hour to go. Don't go anywhere. The news is next on 93 WIBC.